Welcome to the Fantasy Sports Cave. Welcome to the Charged Up Charger Podcast. Another Victory Monday here with my co-host, Lucas Reyes. How are you doing today? Doing great, man. Like you said, four Victory Mondays in a row. I mean, at least we ended this season on a good note. It's always great to have a winning streak going into next season. And then on a lot of news already, um, there's a busy Monday for the Chargers. So I'm pretty happy. What about you? Yeah, I, um, I'm doing great. As you know, uh, Anthony Lynn did uh, part ways with the Chargers franchise. 90% of you guys wanted it to happen. I was part of that little 10%. And I see a little uh, that little 10% on the Twitter, but everyone was happy, cheering. People are changing their names on Instagram <laughs> yeah. or on Twitter. And the, the, head, the um, head coach search is on. I think there's a count. There, if not, there should be an account for um, uh, just an account that shows a tracker of all the interviews that the Chargers do. Because everyone's asking for it. I mean, there's there's names getting thrown all over the place. And we'll get right into that. Let's get into the game. Um, it was a pretty good one. I mean, I, it was a hard-fought game um, for both sides. Chad Henney, actually, uh, if Patrick Mahone goes down, um, they're not they're, they're in pretty good hands with Chad Henney. Um, he, he could get the job done. He obviously doesn't do things like Patrick Mahomes, but he could get the job done. Um, all over the place, big plays from a lot of different players. A lot of players out. Um, I think even though we're reversing the practice squad and the backups of the Chiefs, our, our team is not complete as well. And uh, overall, I think it was it was a great victory to win by that much. Um, and Justin Herbert did break some records besides a couple besides that one. But um, what was your thoughts? Well, unfortunately, again, I was not able to watch this one because I had work. But you know, based off of the highlights, I was able to see and. Go back. Um, I mean, again, the production is is out there. Um, Justin Herbert finishing the year off with a bunch of rookie records, and then just him being confident is key. I think that is um, super important to his growth. So seeing him reach over 302 yards and three touchdowns, I think he had four total touchdowns because um, he snuck one in running on the ground. So, yeah, four total right there. And also Justin Jackson had a pretty solid game, um, nine carries for 72 yards. So, all around, um, some guys that we haven't seen step up all year, stepping up, having a nice game. Mike Williams, six receptions for 108. And uh, there were some few plays out there where I thought that um, they, they you know, had just great success. And that Parham touchdown, that was great for uh, Herbert to find him at the very last second, just keep his eyes downfield. Um, I kind of got a little bit mad at the failed sneak at the one-yard line. Uh, but you know what? They, they ended up getting a safety, so it didn't really cost them too much. And then... Um, just all around, I think it was a good game. You can't take too much from it. Like you said, they were playing um, a bunch of second stringers. But at least, you know, at the end of the day, I was thinking the Chargers ended the season off 7-9. and nine, And that's not too far um, – that's not as bad as what it could have been. I mean, at one point, this season looked like a like terrible. 7-9 and nine doesn't seem uh, too bad. It's, it's something for the next head coach to work with for sure. And, you know, a lot of these games could be turned around just by having a different coach. So – you know, seven and nine doesn't seem too bad for what the season was. Yeah, and I like to see these players, like I said all week, like um, all these players that not a lot of people heard of. Um, Stefan Anderson, another tight end, he had three receptions, 52 yards. A fan favorite, Do- Donald Parham, or Par- Parmesan cheese, as we like to call him. That dude, that move he did right before the, t- right before the touchdown, a little mm-hmm. a little skirt skirt into the touchdown. Dude, dude's 6'8". He's, yeah. he's 6'8". He makes... Justin Herbert looks small, and Justin Herbert six six. So I I believe this guy has a bright future in the NFL. And if Hunter if Hunter Henry is not there, which we'll talk about later, I think I wouldn't be too mad with him being there. Also, Virgil Green once he gets off the IR, tight ends are fine. Justin Herbert was thirty two thirty something yards away from the record. Anthony Lynn, I mean, I tweeted out he should have let him beat the record as their last acting act. Your last acting act as a head coach but um justin Je- justin jackson ran for like a 50 yarder and cut shut the um cut the field really short so he couldn't complete that justin jackson though had a great run i'm glad to see him healthy kenna balaj he's also a free agent had a touchdown he vultured that one because justin jackson was gassed he was too tired man uh he, he high stepped and breaking tackles it was amazing austin eckler didn't do too much but you know he he got hit with a concussion he got hit pretty hard um but it's off season so he'll he'll um he'll bounce back but a lot of nice players, and I'm I'm actually looking forward to this next season coming up with um all these young guys stepping up, and it's just gonna even 
be better because these free agents coming in next year, free agents draft draft picks, um, undrafted free agents are going to come in and could make these guys even better from competing. So I'm not even too mad about this. And Kansas City, um, props to them, man. These guys were fighting with their heart. They only they were playing with two linebackers. Um, one of the linebackers got hurt in the first quarter, so they're only playing with two linebackers. Um, and one of those guys, those defensive uh, tackles, his name was like Worley, something Worley, number 98, um, was from a college. Mississippi S and T, like a, a like a college you didn't even know existed, and he's putting his team or his college on the map. So I'm glad to see all these guys um putting in some hard work and um working um for another roster spot either on their team or another. So um I think it was like a preseason game. A lot of games felt like preseason games, which is funny because we didn't have no preseason. But you see the Arizona and, and the Rams, they're playing with their backup quarterbacks. It just looked like a preseason week. But it was the highest scoring week of football in a while. So um, I was just real happy to see these guys step up. And um, and I'm, I'm like real excited to talk about free agents and, um, and offseason and draft picks and all that good stuff and, and head coach free um, vacancy and the search. So it's going to be yeah, fun. One, one thing I want to say, you mentioned Donald Parham. And, and, you know, he has a lot of potential. We see the skill set just by how he's built. But I just really hope that the Chargers develop him and, and are successful in developing him because we, you know, we've seen this road go down before, especially with their tight ends, because they had Ladarius Green, who was supposed to be the next big thing too, who had a very similar skill set, just tall and um, very fast, and you didn't see that translate. And he's kind of been uh, um, a disappointment in some some sense because you know the Steelers picked him up as well and they couldn't do too much with them. So you know there there's some potential here with Parham. He just got to be a it's going to be keep developing, but you said it. No, this off season, the coaching staff um, that that we're expecting to see, and there's other parts that we expect to leave as well. Gus Bradley, um, he's already being courted by other teams uh, to be a defensive coordinator. One of them would be the Raiders, so uh, we would see a rare um, division transition, inter-division transition. But um, I think if Gus Bradley heads to the Raiders. Might as well. I mean, I, I kind of be happy with it. I think that maybe it would be a little bit of a um, Trojan horse to go over there and sabotage them <laughs> from the inside out because I don't think that he would change too many things over there. But, um, yeah, there's just a lot of change, and where should we go with it? I mean, I'm kind of done with this game. I don't think there's too much we could pick from it. Oh, I'm yeah, more excited. Yeah, yeah. I'm super excited to talk about these coaches, man. Yeah. Um, one other tight end I definitely got to put out there that, I mean, he's not up there. Um in stats, but Brandon Malamalani, Mal- 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 uh, what was it? Manuel Maluena. Manuel Maluena. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he played to 2006 to 2009. So I know he he only had he only had 44 receptions, 370 yards, and six touchdowns with the span of three years. But uh, that he was a great blocker. That's when tight ends were the biggest um, position. So it was mostly blocking. But when he he was just a big dude, and I really liked his last name. But yeah, um, so head coach free agency. Uh, here we go. Anthony Lynn got let go. They're thinking that the um. The Jets might pick him up. He's getting an interview with the Jets. As you know, the Jets let go of Adam Gase. Thank God. He, he had a post record of like 10 to 32. I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, he couldn't even get a win. He had 10 wins over two years. Like, it's insane to me how he even lasted this long. Um, but some some confirmed uh, request interviews are from, uh, let's see, the Colts defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus. Eberflus. Rams defensive coordinator, Brandon uh, Stanley. And Brian Staley, yeah. Brandon Staley and uh, Titans offensive coordinator Arthur Smith. Out of those oh. three, just so far, those three, uh, which one are you liking out of those three? Well, I, I think maybe they need a um, offensive-minded coach. Eberflus yes. is a really interesting one. I think um, that's one I didn't expect because uh, I, I don't know. I just I wasn't really thinking about Eberflus either. Evan leaving the Colts right now this off season, and uh, you know just. Thinking about it more, though, there is something interesting there. I really think that um, the way that he has his team playing, he gets really great production out of his playmakers like Darius Leonard. They always come up with a huge um, stop whenever they need it or a huge big big play. The, you know, the two games that they faced the Texans this past month, um, it came down to the wire, and the Texans did it again to the Titans just this past weekend. But uh, whenever they've played the Texans, they needed a big stop late in the game, and, and – uh, both times the Texans had the ball late in the game in the red zone and were about to score and take the lead and steal these games away from the Colts. And there would be a 
fumble that occurred in both games and the most recent one, Darius Leonard forced it. Point being, he he gets the most out of these players and he gets the production out of them. And he actually, um, they have a great run defense. They have a top five run defense right here. Um, they're second in opponent rushing yards per game, only giving up 90.5. And opponent yards per rush, they only give up 3.7. Uh, that's both second best in the league. And um, that's one area where I think the Chargers have been needing to improve, especially in the past two years. And ever since they got ran over uh, in the AFC Championship game against the Patriots, they haven't really improved in that area. And I think um, even though Indy is a little bit lacking defensively uh, in the secondary, especially statistically where they rank, uh, I think you're going to get a lot of help when you get Derwin James back. And uh, and one of the needs that the Chargers have uh, this year is cornerback, and they have the 13th pick right now sitting there. I'm thinking, depending on how things go, uh, you're going to maybe need to get offensive lineman first and maybe a cornerback second round. We don't know. It's still too early, and we haven't done our homework yet, but I'm so excited to do our homework for this year because, uh, you know, we were actually pretty on point with a lot of these things last year in our predictions in the mock draft, so um, a lot of things there. So you said Matt Eberflus, uh, and I, who are the other two um, that you mentioned right now? Um, damn, I just had it. Uh, it's going to be uh, Arthur Smith and um, Brendan uh, Stan- Stan- Staley. Okay, so if I'm if I'm leaning more to oh Brian Staley is an interesting one as well. I mean, he he has the Rams uh playing at a nice level and defensively. I mean, I'm loving the Aaron Donald Jalen Ramsey thing. I'm thinking if he could take that same type of mentality and bring that over with uh with Joey Bosa and Derwin James in the second half, and he actually has uh their defense ranked at a higher level than Matt Eberflus, so very similar. And I think that maybe he's he doesn't have as a complete defense over there in L.A. Uh, in the Rams than uh, Indianapolis. So that's interesting, too. Um, and the Rams are a very analytical-driven team. And the statement that Dean Spanos put out today about how um, he's trying to look for more innovation and they just had to move from Anthony Lynn, away from Anthony Lynn because of that, um, tells me something about what they want to bring in as a, as a head coach and bring a lot more analytics and, and, and creativity. And that's something that I think that you could get from someone like Staley, who uh, Sean McVay definitely you know, wanted that out of this offseason after they um, moved from Wade Phillips. So he got exactly what he wanted for. And, and Staley automatically, after one year of just being a defensive coordinator, is looked at as one of those guys. And then Arthur Smith, that's another great one. I mean, he has the the Titans playing at an all-time level, getting the most out of Derrick Henry, 2,000 yards. And also, Ryan Tannehill is breaking franchise records at the quarterback position. So if you're looking for something super offensive-minded, um, that's a great one there, too. So I'm not really giving you an answer. I'm giving you more of a breakdown. But if I had to choose, man, I think maybe I wouldn't mind getting maybe getting Staley, man. I mean, okay. Staley just seems just seems to have to be doing a lot with uh, with less compared to these other coordinators. And uh, you know, I would like to see that defense play a lot better because I think offensively, you just need a little bit more direction to guide Herbert. You don't necessarily need to be there coaching him um at a minute minuscule level you know just let him do his thing so that's kind of my thinking right now early on but uh based off all my breakdowns i mean i don't know what your decision is what what do you think yeah i'll probably have to agree with you um defense i mean we got the playmakers and Derwin james he's supposed to be healthy within a month they're saying he's gonna get back on the field a month from now so i'm so excited to see him just in a practice jersey um so i'm real excited for just a whole defense and um hopefully we keep most of the pieces which i think we will and i think we might the Chargers always draft a great defensive piece um, a year or at least a prospect. So, and then Drew Tranquil is coming back too. We yes. Keep on forgetting about Big him. One. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh defensive mind is great. So these are the list of confirmed um, interviews, but we got a list here um, brought to you from Chargers wire. And I'm, I, anyone could probably compile this list. I pretty much agree with it. Let's go with the fan favorite. People are changing their Twitter handles to this. We're going with the offensive coordinator for the bills, Brian Duball. Trans- transferring Josh Allen to elite quarterback, five Super Bowls under the Patriots and a national championship with Alabama. Um, this guy's name is getting circulated. People are making edits of him in a Twitter yeah. coaching dude. They're in love with this guy. And um, I heard this. Um, I think the, the Guilty as Charged podcast or one of those Charger podcasts had this as a header like weeks ago. He's been on it. Um, I'm kind of jumping on this train, but I'm liking this 
pickup. This this pickup a lot. If we could get an interview with this guy, um, I don't know exactly when the interviews will happen because you know he's in the playoffs right now. If they get knocked out, maybe I don't know how that poaching works. Like, well, um, during right the now, playoff run? yeah. I, well, I'm thinking it's virtual right now because the Falcons. You know, one of the guys that we've been liking, Robert Sala, they already convict um, conducted their over the internet virtual interview with him. Uh, they just tweeted about that. So, Falcons, uh, you mean? Yeah, the Falcons interviewed uh, Robert Sala for their position. Oh, the Falcons. No, oh, okay, you confused me. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, that's another one I would go to. But this guy, um, yeah, I could tell it's a fan favorite. Is it? Is it one of your favorites as well? Oh, for sure. And and as, when you go back to if they can, can conduct their uh interviews it's definitely up to the teams right now because they're obviously in the playoffs because back then a couple years ago the Chargers allowed Ken Wisenhunt to go get um an interview in the middle of the playoffs but uh I remember that yeah and actually I was ups- actually upset about that I was upset about that too I, I thought I was like dude you gotta did he leave? focus up and yeah he did leave or actually I think the Chargers parted away with ways with them but uh where, where, where'd he go to where the fuck did he go he just I'm got trying fired. To remember. I don't think he's on the team right now but he left oh yeah oh man we parted ways with it. Yeah. I remember that. Because I was upset. I'm like, this mother... I remember I was talking to myself. I'm like, this guy could leave in the middle of the play. We're in the playoffs right now. Like, yeah. come on, get your hand in the game. I remember I was very upset about that. Um, so, obviously, a fan favorite from probably like 90% of the Charger fan base are just tweeting, just blew him up. Even it was trending for a little bit on tw- on the whole Twitter. This was trending. I mean, people don't think we got Charger fans. We're also first place in the Walter Payne uh, Man of the Year uh, challenge ahead of Kansas City Chief Travis Kelsey um, and Justin Simmons from the Broncos. We're up by like at least a hundred thousand votes. So we got fans, um, and people are like shaming us, saying we're desperate. Like, dude, it's twenty-five grand to his foundation. He's a great foundation. Shout out to Isaiah uh, Isaiah Rochelle. That dude's putting in work in the community. So great. I want him to win. I've been tweeting it like great. My whole feed is just that. So um, back to what I was saying, though. I don't even know what I was saying. I went on a tangent there, but uh, yeah, Brian Dable. I oh, think. Fanfare? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's a fan favorite. Everyone's tweeting about him. But my fan favorite, I've been saying about this when we thought Anthony was on the hot seat, is Robert Sala from the 49ers. Man, he helps this deep. You know how much injuries the 49ers have? Mm-hmm. Over 70-plus IR injuries. They, just the fact they're dealing with all these injuries and this guy is still making them competitive. I, uh, offensively, they're not so much. But defensively, they're still there. They're still in every single game. They might just lose because the offense can't produce points, which is going to be fun to talk about the 49ers offense they need they need something different but robert sala defensive minded um so i th- i guess i'm i am heading to a defensive minded uh head coach because this is my favorite right now like just his energy he has i didn't see that with anthony lynn and with uh the cool thing that there's this clip i don't know if you've seen it about brian brian duball he's in the the press box rocking back and forth yes <laughs> when, when he threw for uh he let josh allen stay in threw for a 20 yard uh touchdown to the tight end when uh, people should say just ran the ball. Like, that's the guy who just told him to run the ball. That's Anthony Lynn. So if we get this guy in there, aggressive, don't even care. He's rocking back in his chair in the, in, all in a climate-controlled press box. Like, he's just chilling. <laughs> um, he he knows how to win. He has a heart of a champion. So I like him. But Robert Sala, defensive coordinator uh, for the 49ers, like I mentioned, I'm really liking him. Cool name. Energy is just matched. I want to see – I just want to see some – Breaking some, news. The, oh, the Chargers just requested an interview with Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. So that, that that was the next that was the next coordinator I was going to talk about. I'll let you take it. Well, Go ahead, I mean, this is one of the ones that was an early candidate as well here, and you know, I am a little bit more skeptical about him than others, and I think um, I want to give this perspective in because I think a lot of the takes are positive around Bieniemy, and for good reason of what's going on over there in Kansas City. But in my opinion, like I just feel like. Kansas City has just so much going for them. They have Andy Reid, who I think is the true mastermind behind that offense, and they obviously have Mahomes and that stacked offense over there. How much is it really Eric Bieniemy? I like the way he talks in the postgame pressers and his demeanor and everything, but um, I'm just skeptical because one of the last major offensive coordinators that came out of the a- AFC West and got a head coaching job was Adam Gase, and Adam Gase, he – was uh, one of the main beneficiaries. He's like benefited greatly from um, Peyton Manning vouching for him. He came from the Peyton Manning Broncos with, that broke a lot of records. But, you know, you had Manning over there who still – he squeezed a great amount of like good years out of him and broke records, of course. But um, that's Peyton Manning, and that was a great um, Denver offense as well, a great Denver team. They were built great. And, uh, you know, now you just see what he's gone through when he – doesn't have any weapons around him. And actually, 
multiple we- weapons have gone through um, the Adam Gase regime and and people like Kalen Balaj, uh, who else? Uh, Roby Anderson. Uh, Roby, and he's flourishing now. Yeah, Le'Ve- Le'Veon Bell. Um, so, you know, I, I'm very skeptical a little bit about the enemy, maybe more than others, just because of that. And I'm looking at the history of these and these patterns of other coaches. I just feel like maybe there's other people that have a lot more proven um, because the enemy has just has so much assets around him right now that are definitely helping him that his job is not as tough as these other ones. Yeah, uh, the talent that BME has is just insane. Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey finished, what, second, third in yards as in old receivers. Tyreek Hill, this dude's just a speedster. Um, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. So um, I, I, I don't think this will happen. I think this is probably like a stretch. But uh, it will be kind of interesting to see that AFC West. I mean, it's always good to see a player or coach going from another team in the same division to another so that'll be real interesting to see and um kind of funny i don't know um i'm i'm, I'm siding with you though another guy though uh that's just thrown up there matt campbell uh iowa state uh head coach he brought this this um pretty much one of the worst programs in conference and uh, to a Fie- uh, they won the fiesta bowl their fiesta bowl champions offensive and defensive innovative mindset. I don't know if you probably, you probably don't know too much of him. It's just a name, but this is a question I want to ask you. Um, how do you think college coaches transitions to NFL? Cause look at Kingsbury and there's a, a lot of other ones, but you think he could be, uh, he could transition to the NFL. I mean, you know, I think that the chargers, if they do go a direction with, with that, um, they have to just be certain with it. And, and I think now that Telesco has gone through two hires now, uh, McCoy and Anthony Lynn, he definitely has something here that he has to um, be convinced. And I think he, he has a little bit more experience now to look exact what to exactly look for or um, what not to look for maybe. And I'm, I'm looking at the most recent hire, which is Matt Rule last year uh, yep. going to the Panthers. And I actually like how the Panthers played this year. I like, I, like, I like the Carolina Panthers experience. You lose McCaffrey, but you still are competitive in a lot of good games against a lot of good opponents. And um, you have a lot of questions on defense, but it's because your defense is so young. And that that whole thing, that whole experience, I think everyone learned to trust Matt Rule. So if you're going to go with Matt Campbell, you have to be convinced and you have to have a great experience with him uh, in this interview. I mean, look, one of the things that Telesco said when he hired Anthony Lynn was uh, he liked the way that he was helping the defense during these practices and was calling the defensive uh plays during the scout defense whenever the offense would go against that and he said that he one of the people that he saw that from I think it was Bill Parcells because Tom Telesco uh worked in Indianapolis and I think it was it was either Parcells or it was another Super Bowl winning head coach and he said that um that Anthony Lynn doing that action was one of the only things that uh that he's seen one other coach do, and that was the Super Bowl winning coach. I think it was Parcells. Point being, you know, he's he's out here actively trying to um, find that next championship head coach, you know, and he's trying to find that DNA. So is, there is a little bit of a criteria. I know people are upset with Telesco with um, with how he went through these uh, these last head coaches, but you got to be convinced with Matt Campbell now, and you have to have a great experience um, like how the Panthers did with Matt Rule because all it took for the Panthers to hire Matt Rule was – they, the owner and the GM pulled up to Matt Rule's house while he was coming back from vacation. This man got a Hawaiian T-shirt on, and he's with his family, and he's not even probably ready for an interview. But they go in his house and interview him anyway, and they love him so much that they gave him a 10-year contract. So, you know, this is like one of those things where you got to have no doubt in your mind. And uh, uh, I don't know too much about Matt Campbell, but, you know, if that's if that's what it takes, you know, I'm all in. And you mentioned Matt Rule. Um, they're looking at another possible uh, Joe Brady offensive coordinator for the Panthers. I know he just transitioned um, from college to the NFL, but he was the passing coordinator and uh, receivings coach for LSU and Joe Burrow and those boys in LSU. Another name that's thrown out there in the Carolina Panthers. I mean, we've been saying it all year. They have so much promise. It's just Chris McCarthy wasn't healthy. I think they should – Draft all defensive, all 18 rounds. Teddy Bridgewater got, got hurt at one again. point, too. I mean, they went through so much. Exactly. They went through so Teddy B, they found their guy or a bridge quarterback. I think he's more of like an elite bridge quarterback. When I mean elite, I mean he could stay there a yeah. little longer. He's just a longer bridge quarterback, not a one-year guy. That guy is talented. He's been through a lot alone himself. 
with the Vikings. He's been although I for, I forgot he was I forgot where Teddy B came from really. And then he's from the, the Vikings Saints. with AP. The Saints. I mean, he's been through a lot. So that offense is there. Joe Brady, kind of a stretch. These are all just kind of like names. Another one, uh, Brian Leftwich, offensive coordinator for the Buccaneers, one of the highest scoring um offenses in the league with all the weapons you got. I I wouldn't mind this one yep. at all. Uh what else we got here? We got uh oh Jim Harbaugh from Michigan. I mean, this dude, I, I every time I hear about him, it's always something <laughs> bad. I know. It's always <laughs> always the cameraman zooming in on him when the opposing team is running back for a touchdown intercepting the ball they just i know this guy's face so much because they just zoom in on his face every time he does something wrong i mean i don't know about jim harbaugh in michigan i'm not uh, sure either I don't, i'm not I'm, yeah and then uh i think those are all the one no we we have one more here that we don't like and that's jason garrett and that's a oh my god jason garrett don't even get me started yeah um you know, I, one thing that's surprising me, he does have a above 500 record as a head coach over there in Dallas. And and one thing, I don't the know one how. thing that I will say, because I'm, I'm mostly against um, Jason Garrett becoming a head coach. I think there's much better candidates. But um, I think the only thinking there is that uh, you, you got to give him a chance and see what he could do on his own. Because one thing about Dallas is that you don't really are, you're not the sole head coach, you know, you're, a head coach that's married to Jason or uh, you're a head coach that's married to uh, Jerry Jones. And you're, you're more of a, the yes man, Jerry Jones, wears the pants in that relationship in that Dallas organization? I think people could um, understand what I'm trying to say here. You kind of have to be a yes man and you're kind of on a leash over there. And then obviously with the giants, you, it's one year with the giants. I'm not sure. But um, I guess what I could say is from these pool of coaches, the chargers are actually taking this super seriously. Yeah. Um, Jason Garrett, I'm agree with you. I'm not on board with this. Um, just what he did in in Dallas, and I have a lot of Dallas um, fans that are friends. Unfortunately, just kidding, they're all cool. Um, most of them are. There's a handful that aren't, but um, they're just like when J- they even hated Jason Garrett. The Cowboys were just tearing them up when they let him go. It was like, oh my god! And then they, he went to the Giants, and our boy Steven. Steven Zezima that does podcasts with us was like, oh, hell no, I don't want I don't want Jason Garrett there. And I was like, yeah, I don't want him there either. Like, I feel bad for the Giants. I think he's he holds back more than – I think he doesn't bring too much to the table. I mean, the, the squads they, that Jason Garrett had, I guess, weren't as talented that I think what the Chargers squad is now. So maybe that. But I'm totally against Jason Garrett. Twitter was totally against. They blew up. So um, I do got a question from a Twitter um, before – we move on. Well, let me let me bring up this. Should the Chargers hire in-house Pep Hamilton? Um, oh, okay. Yes. Is that his name? Am I? Pep Hamilton? Um, I think if anyone should get a job or a shot, it should be Pep Hamilton. If he doesn't get the head coach, I know he's not experienced QB coach, but offensive coordinator, because he will be a Justin Herbert leading type of um, coordinator, and I think he'll put Herbert in a great place. I mean, you just see him on the sideline just talking it up. Justin Herbert is not doing – he's always doing something on the sideline. So, I like Pip Hamilton. Um, so, just a quick question before I ask the question from Twitter. Um, what do you think about Pip Hamilton? A lot of people were, were mentioning his name, too, when Anthony Lynn was still head coach and was on the, the edge of the seat of him being fired. So, what do you think? Um, I do like Pep Hamilton. I think the upgrade that he should get is to be the offensive coordinator. But I don't think that um, – I would like to see – another, you know, positions coach get upgraded to the head coach of the Chargers. You know, I mean, that's what Anthony Lynn was. He was just a running back coach. And, uh, you know, here here's something interesting, though. Here are the odds for um, the Chargers' next head coach. Yes, oh, there's odds? Brian oh, yes, Davis is plus 250. Um, interestingly enough, Joe Brady is the next one at plus 300. Eric Bieniemy oh, at plus 700. That would have been a great bet. Um, one right here that I don't think – should go this direction because the last time this person got interviewed uh, for a head coaching position, he said yes to the Colts and then backed out right before the season started, screwing them over. Uh, Josh McDaniel is the next one. Um, oh, yeah, Josh McDaniel's been Yeah, um, one that is, uh, I don't even – I'm not even sure uh, about this person. Pat Fitzgerald um, from the U- Northwestern University Wildcats. Um, he's next, plus 700, with uh-huh. Robert Sala. These are all – Right there, Matt Campbell plus seven fifty, Arthur Smith plus nine hundred, uh, Pep Hamilton is plus oh nine hundred, Matt Eberflus is plus one thousand, oh. Jack Del Rio and Jim Harbaugh plus twelve hundred, 
Yeah. Oh, Jack Del Rio. And then Matt oh, Patricia shit. is down at the very bottom at plus 1,600. This list goes on and on. Um, it's really interesting, though, about where these people would rank him. And Pat Pallinson is down there at plus 900. Uh, that's a great odds, but I want to think that he would, you know, Offense I think, I think sure. you know, if the Chargers would want to go... It'll be a passive-driven... Yeah, if the Chargers would want to go to um, Robert Sala or another defensive-minded coach as their head coach, um, why not upgrade in-house with Pep Hamilton? I think that would be a nice one. Or uh, maybe try to court some other offensive coordinator from around the league. All right, so let me ask you this question, which we pretty much answered, but we want, I, want, I also want a definitive answer. Um, coming from... One of our um, great followers, uh, Get Some Sports, um, he said, who's his head coach preference? I'm guessing he's talking about you. Hashtag Walter Payne, uh, man of the year challenge, plus Rochelle. Go ahead and retweet that. Let's get him that 25 grand for his foundation. So um, I, I'm guessing he's talking about you. Who's his Ooh. head coach preference? So if you had, if you were whoever's in charge, Spanos, whoever, who are you liking? Save old interviews go and wow. want him to go. I know that has a big part of it, but who are you liking right now? I know it's very it's day one. And yeah, the just got yeah. taken off right now. But who would you like right now? We Ooh. want to know who it is right now. I think right now, I think I'm leaning towards Robert Sala just so much. I love Sala a lot, and one of the things is because you know how lacking our defense is, and one of the things is how Gus Bradley was the so-called mastermind and innovator behind that Seattle defense. Well. When the 49ers tried to implement that, what really helped them was when Robert Sala came in and changed their their foundation from going from that Seattle defense and, and completely changing it. And you see what the other Bosa is doing, Nick Bosa is doing over there, and how their defensive line is still playing at a nice level. And they got great um, play from their secondary. Um, they got another charger over there, a former charger, Jason Verrett, playing at a high level. Um, I I need to see my that boy, type Jason of turnaround Verrett. for the Chargers defensively because I still – my whole thinking is, you know, the the cages and whatever bars that are that are holding – that were holding uh, Herbert back, which was mostly this coaching staff, is going to be gone. And Robert Sala, I think he has that killer mindset. I love the energy like you mentioned. And uh, I'm, I'm ready to see uh, a just completely different type of Chargers team. I think we've, you know, hired multiple offensive-minded people in the past. That's been the pattern – for I think most this century, um, so why not see a complete change um, at, at personality at the at the head coach position? I'm leaning towards Sala, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Dable uh, is the next one. Uh, I would put it between Sala and Dable. Yes, um, I, I like that. I'm gonna agree with you because look what he's doing. Like I said, what, look what he's doing with the 49ers defense with all those injuries, and the Chargers always find themselves with injured players. And he finds a way to rotate them, uh, getting the best out of them. And, like, his energy on the on the sideline, his headset's always falling <laughs> off. I don't know because he's bald or not. But his headset's always falling off. He's always fist bumping, chest bumping these defensive players. These are some big dudes. I mean, he doesn't care. And I, I just want that energy on the sideline. When I see the sideline, is Shane Snyken with the, with the paper up to his mouth. Don't know what's going on. He thought Anthony Lynn called the play, but he actually called the play. And then... Gus Bradley, I never see him. They never, they never video. Him. I don't even know how he looks. To be honest, I forgot how he looks. They never, they never, I never see him on the on the camera. So I mean, I think Pep Hamilton, offensive coordinator, and then Robert Sala, I think will bring something different. And this Chargers need something different. The, um, a lot, a lot of the, I guess the stereotypes of Chargers that they're cheap. Um, uh, well, look what we did. I think with, with Anthony Lynn, we just got rid of him. You know, we just parted ways with them. And um, I, I just feel I just want to note this real quick. I have, I'm going off a lot of tangents right here. Um, I just feel bad. I mean, a lot of these Charger fans are like bashing him. Like this guy is a human still, and he lost his job. Imagine you get fired from home, and then your whole family is just throwing tomatoes at you. I mean, come on, give this guy some respect. And all these reporters, all these people that work with him, are talk highly respect. Like he's very highly respected in the football community, in media, in the community. Just everything he's done is great. So um, I really hope the best for him. I hope he does find a, a, a job somewhere else. Back to what I was saying. Um, yeah, Robert Sala brings the energy. I want to see that for this team. A lot of players are coming back healthy. A lot of players in free agency um, that uh, we could sign or let go um, draft. So I think um, Robert Sala will be the perfect fit. Another question we got here from uh, uh, Simon. Yeah, yeah, I cannot pronounce that. Which position coaches should the team keep? So we kind of 
went around this one. So uh, I don't think any – well, the main ones, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, you agree with me. I think those guys should be out the door, right, yeah. with everyone else. And then um, I think maybe the only one you could keep is probably Pep Hamilton. And um, I'm trying to look at the rest of their position coaches. I mean, their running think, back coaches yeah, uh, probably nice. And so is their wide receivers coaches. I mean, they've been here for forever. Yeah, I, like the main ones, like offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. Definitely special teams. I don't know if we even have a – is there a vacancy? Because Anthony Lynn took over special teams. So yeah. I think we should definitely look for special teams as well too. So um, defensive coordinator, Gus Bradley, like you put it perfect, too vanilla. Way too vanilla with the, the schemes towards the end of the year when you start calling gutsies. It, it seemed like the Chargers got better once we were out of playoff contention. Because <laughs> yeah. we did. If we got four wins after we were out of playoff contention. We finally started you know, being gutsy, and I think that's the kind of coaching staff we need. I think we should clean house, bring these guys together. If they have some connections, great. If not, it's we got a whole off season to get to, they could get to know each other off season to build that chemistry both on and off the field. And I think that's what the Chargers need—a culture change for sure. And I think it's coming. They were aggressive in free agency this year, aggressive in the draft. We need to be aggressive in this hiring and aggressive in the next following years to come. And we could build a championship team. We got the talent. We got to we got to use these guys. I mean, look at Drew Brees. He and in Philip Rivers, man, we we didn't use their talent. I mean, they're talented players, but they're full of You know, we never got them a Super Bowl. You know, so so much potential. Justin Herbert, this is his first year, and he's breaking all these records. There's a list. I mean, I can't. Even, if I name all the records he broke, this podcast will be like an hour long. He broke so much records, and the fact that um, he's he's our franchise quarterback. We found him. Uh, we definitely need to surround him with a lot of supporting pieces, mentoring him, coaching him. His second voice in his head and moving forward and um there's a lot of good good um candidates like you said this is day one so i mean this it could change i think they're gonna uh interview 10 to 12 people and uh we probably won't see a hire till like what maybe next month no nah, i mean i think maybe a half. couple months maybe a couple months um i think as soon as possible as we can yeah. to get them in the organization get them comfortable with it get them working with all the players and stuff but um it's going to be real interesting to see where we go from this. And um, I, I just see it's going to be better. At seven to nine is not what we were. If you had seven points to all our games, we would have been in the, we'll probably be a two, three seed right now in the playoffs. So, I mean, this team is capable of a lot of things. Once they're healthy, it's, uh, it's going to look real interesting in the AFC West these next coming up years. And it's always interesting. AFC West really is. It's one of the best divisions. And that's unbiased. You got chiefs, Broncos, and Raiders always, you know, as much as I hate them, they always make it interesting somehow, and it, we got us, the Chargers. So, the Chargers. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, uh, lastly, I think uh, you know, last few few thoughts over here. It's gonna be interesting to see how Dean Spanos is gonna be viewed among the league, and I think that he's been one of those owners that have been kind of like disrespected um, for the better part of this whole century. Yes. Well, now there's gonna be a lot of kissing up to Dean Spanos because I'm pretty sure a lot of people are gonna want to get this job, and so the whole narrative and or whatever uh, vibe around Spanos is just going to be completely different um, this offseason. And it's going to be interesting to see how that shapes up. And then lastly, um, I think Tom Telesco, this is uh, coming down to the wire for him to make, you know, something of this team. A lot of questions here among the offensive line. And that's been, you know, that's been there for the longest time. That's been there his whole tenure as a GM for the Chargers. And that's not really been improved and, uh, you know, you kind of leave yourself hanging here with multiple questions because you haven't addressed it for so long. And now uh, this is one of the more pressing needs of the team. Can you even get value there at that 12th seed? And is there even any free agents that are going to be worth, you know, going after? Because you try to do that. You try to solve your offensive line problems this year, this past year with that. And you see how that worked out. Um, consistently getting uh, players, Berlaga uh, and Trey Turner, they seem to be out and out of the lineup consistently. And, you know, um, I, I don't like to, you know, bag on players for their health problems, but that's just the truth. And, you know, it, trying to plug these these problems with veterans yeah. is is not been the answer. So, you know, there's a lot of work cut out for uh, Tom Telesco and for a lot of people that have that been on his head. But I think that people have been kind of on the chargers in general. But the firing and the, the parting of ways of Anthony Lynn, I think, has calmed a lot of nerves. And then people are going to start thinking a little bit more more clearly because Tom Telesco for all of the misses, he has a lot of home runs and 
Joey Bosa is a home run. Der- Derwin James is a home yep. run. Uh, Justin Herbert is a Barry Bonds home run. And uh, Keenan Allen, another one. He's, you know, Keenan Allen's quietly having a Hall of Fame career. I think I want to point that out there, too. So, um, you know, oh, yeah. there's some uh, exciting things here. And, uh, man, it feels so good to talk about something new. It sucks that it's the end of the season for the Chargers. Uh, it's so, it's so, it feels like it just started, man. I mean, but, uh, you know, yeah. there's a lot of exciting things here, and I'm so glad to talk about something new. It feels great because we've kind of been a broken record, but damn, you know, I've never been more excited about, you know, having not having a head coach. Yeah, and um, I think calm the nerves was the perfect term to use because the last acting play or job that Anthony Lynn had was preventing Justin Herbert to get the record, and that's what's going to hold into a lot of fans' heads because when Justin Jackson ran that 50-yard um, play, Probably half a charge of Twitter logged off. So like, wake me up when when the when Anthony Lynn is fired. You know, stuff like that. Like, I'm not even gonna watch the rest of this game. Justin Herbert doesn't have a chance. That's the only reason why Charger fans were watching that game to get the record. So it leaves a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. Um, Charger fans are gonna remember that forever. Okay, those Charger fans, we hold grudges like 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 crazy. Um, and another name I forgot to mention, Urban Meyer, but it looks like that, he's yeah. going to the Jags. Yeah, the Jags are. Um, the Jags are but he's he's retired. He said he wants to average like eleven million dollars a year or some crazy number like that. But that's a big risk. Um, a lot of people, are, him and the Jags are very connected because he might even get a youngster in Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, or Justin Fields as his head coach. So he's very comfortable around um, college um, quarterbacks. So that'll probably be a good move for the Jaguars. I don't see the Chargers pursuing him. But all right, um, we're going to talk a little bit, just a little bit about some uh, free agents here. Number one free agent we got on the board, Melvin. Engram, now he he uh, his contract is sixteen million dollars owed in twenty twenty. His current market value, according to Spot Track, is roughly around three years, thirty four million, so eleven point four mil uh, um, a year. His offensive linebacker or outside linebacker rank was fifteenth. Um, contract, uh, not contract wise, um, value wise. Uh, so, do you see the Chargers? re-signing Melvin Yeah, Ingram. unfortunately, I don't. Um, I think that it's time for Uchenna Nwosu. Uh, you know, Nwosu is here until 2022. And so the last time uh, Melvin Ingram had a make-it-or-break-it year, he had a great production, and, he, and that's what really extended his contract and got him that extension because, you know, he was kind of sidelined the first couple of years due to injury. And uh, when he finally came out, it was kind of more towards the back end of that first contract, of his rookie contract, and he really benefited from Joey Bosa. I think Nwosu, it's Nwosu time, and he's here till 2022, so next season, and that's it. Um, maybe, you know, a contract year will maybe force him to play a lot better, and, and you know, the team will be a lot more healthier. So uh, with a lot more time, um, I would put Nwosu Nwosu there much cheaper, and I just don't think that Melvin Ingram is going to be that that guy anymore. And he, he did not have – let me pull up his stats right now because he did not have a good year at all. Yeah, I don't think he's so, going um, that's just that's just unfortunate to say. Unfortunately, uh, let's see. I don't think he had a sack this year. Yeah, not one sack. And uh, you got to be able to play better. And I think he just passed his prime. Um, and then another big one is uh, I think it's Hunter Henry. I think Hunter Henry's on the. Uh, and. Yep. And another so uh, gonna mention right now. you know I think Hunter Henry might get a a team friendly deal. I mean he seemed to be more understanding of him needed to prove it this year, especially that, that was the narrative coming this off season because he was asked that question, you know, especially after Melvin Gordon had that holdout um, just a year ago. Now Hunter Henry would, I think he learned from that and then he wanted to prove himself. I'm not sure if he got that opportunity to do that, but there was a Hunter Henry, um, Justin Herbert connection for sure. And I think that maybe they want to see what they could do. I would offer him a two year contract extension and, and, with heavy incentives and try to make it cheap. But if you can't do that, maybe it's time to experiment with Parham. It's just that Hunter Henry, when he's on the field and he's healthy, um, he has shown a lot of promise. And I just don't know if Parham, I mean, he's an experimental tight end. And and, and we mentioned Ladarius Green earlier. Um, there's just so much there that it's just so uncertain that I think that, you know, you, you probably bring him back for a year or two to just maintain that uh, level of consistency because he is a solid uh, tight end. Yeah, so his market value is worth four years, thirty-six million, according to Spot Track, nine million per year. Um, similar contracts to that is uh, Austin Hooper, Trey Burton, Carmen Brait, and Eric Ebron. And to be honest, I think 
Hunter Henry is better than all those guys, um, to be honest. So I would give him the money. Um, I would try to make it as cheap as possible. Um, tight, uh, like it would be the next A Gates. I mean, honestly, the talent's there if he's healthy. As you know, two years ago he tore his ACL the first day of training camp, and this year he's been up and down on the um, injury um, list. So uh, he has a whole off season to get ready for this next season, and I think the Chargers will sign him. Um, offensively, we need weapons, and I think uh, Donald Parham. Parmesan cheese, as he's known, will be uh, a great backup and a great second option at the tight end position because tight ends are evolving. You see Kelsey, you see uh, Kittle. These dudes are evolving. So um, Albert O from the Broncos, if he didn't tear his ACL, he, he was great. Noah Fant on that team as well. TJ Hawkinson. These these guys, if you told me like three years ago to name 10 <laughs> tight ends, I, could, I wasn't even able to. This, this, this position is really evolving. And I really think Hunter Henry could be a big part of success moving forward. Bill Rivers at eight gates. Now it's Herbie and Henry. That sounds good. Come on. <laughs> that sounds great. And I, I really hope they re-sign him. Um, four years, maybe uh, maybe a three-year. A lot of incentives. But he does deserve his money. Uh, he, you know, he, he wants to secure the bag. It's just he needs to stay a little bit more healthy. And um, I will be comfortable with that. And just another guy, too, real quick. Uh, Denzel Perryman. What's your thoughts on him and if we should keep him? Uh, my answer, real quick, is yes. That hard, he's just a great hard-hitting linebacker. He's a great rotational player, and I also think he'll take a team, um, team discount, um, team-friendly discount, because uh, I think he knows that we're they, they've been more aggressive in free agency, and he they want to save that money moving on to free agency. I think the Chargers have close to thirty million dollars in free agency this year, which I think is fifth most in this com- upcoming uh, season. So the Chargers, I believe, should make a lot of moves. And will make a lot of moves. And I think Denzel Perryman, um, I think he's a great mentor to he could be a great mentor to Tranquil and uh Kenneth Murray, who who broke the record for most tackles as a rookie linebacker in charge of history. So um I really think that Denzel I, I don't Perryman know. I don't think that he will. I mean, I like Nick Perryman. Vigil and I like Kaiser White um and rotational guys. And Perryman, I mean, he might be asking for more. He had a two year twelve million dollar contract with so six million per year. That's not bad at all. But I, I just see I just see um his That's his really position good. just being uh, a rotational guy. So uh, I think that there's other rotational guys that are just waiting to have their opportunity to prove something. Perryman is just a guy. He always he consistently gets injured too, and he's getting up there in age now, uh, 28 years old. I'm just not That's, sure yeah. if we'd find value there. Um, there was a free agent here I, on the defensive side. I, I want to see Rayshon Jenkins um, maybe come back. I, I mean, I, at the safety position, we don't really have too yep. much depth. And actually, he played kind of well, especially towards the end of the season there um with helping out and then lastly uh, there was a, one more oh we got a bunch of linemen that are going to be going um mike pouncey is gone and i don't think he's gonna be coming back oh yeah so we need it um i hope not i mean he played yeah, what one year so um on a two-year contract nine million you know yeah 20 million yeah you got something to work out there i kind of like kessenberry i'm so surprised that kessenberry didn't get any opportunity this year to, um i thought he was solid Forrest Lamp is going to be gone unless they bring him back. And, you know, it's just a thing now where the Chargers need to address the offensive line. But I wouldn't be surprised if some of these guys came back just because they need this depth. But they're going to be asking for something. And and that's yeah. going to take away from a big signing. And, you know, there was this is one of those things where they need to be proactive because one of the players that was available – very late into the um, into the offseason was Trent Williams, and he had a lot of questions around his health, but a lot of teams passed up on him, and the Chargers were one of them, and that was such a bad move because now he's having a Pro Bowl year. And, and a, a year where, you know, coming into it, I thought that people were being stupid not getting this guy. And so you had to be just careful about this depth, the yep. depth signings because I think a lot of these Charger for agents that are going to hit the market are just depth signings. And, um, you know, I don't know if you want to overpay at that. So there are a couple of linemen here that I wouldn't be surprised, and don't be surprised if they come back, like Dan Feeney, Forrest Lamp. Um, but I think that they should be looking to be, you know, that rotational guy and trying to have, trying to go big in the offseason with something else. Yeah, I agree with you. I think some of these guys will take a discount. Um, there's a lot of free agents. Another one uh, to uh, Michael Badgley. Um, big, a uh, big name, which. Chargers, Chargers fans know about kickers. We're just so inconsistent. No, I don't think so. Do you think Michael Badgley's uh, coming back? I I think I think I think it's up, up to the next. But I don't think he um, should. Um, I next like head him. coach though, and he's probably just not going to like him. And I, Telesco has to be looking at that position anyway. 
special teams in general. Ty Long, I mean, he's great. I think they'll re-sign him. Punters don't make too much, but I think he'll he'll definitely get re-signed. But um, we could talk a little bit about the draft. We'll talk about draft positions we think that Chargers should draft at. Number one, we got the 13th pick. You're on the clock right now. Just position-wise, I know we haven't done our homework too much. I know a couple names are getting thrown here and there, but if you could just go right now based off what our team has right now, we have no head coaches. Just, I know this is super early, probably too early, but what position, obviously, or what position, I'm going to say, obviously, offensive line. That's my choice. Yeah, um, I'm going to try and go offensive line. It's just that I don't know um, if they're going to have one fall to them at that um, pick. 13 is tough. I wouldn't be surprised if we see them trade up again um, like they did last year. Yeah. Pat, trade, in the top 10? Trade to go back in the or top like 10. in the first round? Um, I'm not sure if they'll go back. In the, uh, in the second round of trade up. Uh, but I, I think that they might need to make that move to really get, you know, Justin Herbert's uh, franchise left tackle. They got to get something in there. Um, and then if it's not offensive line, if they fall, if a great corner falls to them at the 13th pick, I wouldn't be surprised if they, uh, if they go with that, because I think that there's one more piece that needs to go along with that defense is definitely a corner. I love Michael Davis, and that's someone that they need to bring back. He's a free agent. Um, he needs to be back for sure. And uh, I think if you pair him up with another great corner uh, on the other side and you still have Chris Harris here for one more year, he didn't really get a chance to really ball out at all. Um, maybe there's the return reincarnation of the Jack Boys, but that's what I would be looking at. Okay. I agree with you, offensive tackle. Um, usually they go first, but remember, one and two are most likely going to be quarterback. So that's 11 uh, – let me do the math. 11 picks between three and – god damn. Yeah, 11 picks between three and 13. Am I doing math right? I'm fucking – oh, my god. I'm, I'm out of it. There's, yeah, there's a good amount of picks I, between three and 13. <laughs> I think an offensive tackle could fall. That's 11 <laughs> 10. Jesus Christ. Inclu- including three – whatever. Math is hard. Um, I think that a lot of players could fall. Offensive tackle. Yeah, but I, I think well. that, um, people are see well. Yeah, it's well, the Bengals. I don't think he's, probably he's going to going, Bengals. He's going to three probably. Or bang, bang, uh, well, the Dolphins got three. I think he would definitely go there. Um, cornerback. I think that's pushing. I think that's way too early for a cornerback. You can get a lot of cornerbacks later in the draft. I think thirteen will be uh, maybe too soon for one. But if I had to pick, if, if offensive lineman is off the board, I would probably go. I kind of want to get in uh, mm. inside lineman. Maybe to help out. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, be. Bolt, I wouldn't Joseph, mind a defensive tackle Justin either. Jackson, You're Jerry right. Tillery. I wouldn't mind that either. Maybe even an end to 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 rotate Nuosa in because I, I if they don't keep. I'm assuming they're not keeping Melvin Ingram Nuosa at left end. Um, we definitely need another guy in there. Jerry Tillery is. Just, he had a lot of growth uh, this year. I mean, if he keeps growing at this rate, I mean that'd be a great. lot of growth. But um, it's tough. Yeah, I, I don't think he's a starter yet. If we could get a, a stud. And the defensive tackle um, position, I wouldn't mind. I'm looking maybe not cornerback, but maybe safety, maybe a, a, a dual knife kind of guy uh, or a swift army knife guy that could play all the positions in the defensive backfield. And also, um, maybe if we could get if we get really lucky, he's really good in returning because we yet to find that. Like a Desmond King, uh, he did a little bit. He played slot. He could play I on the outside. Man to man. One thing Adderley did there, well was return, so maybe he'll get more. Um, yeah, I think I think they're they're gonna keep on rotating different guys until they actually see one. Because uh, Joe Reed was in there, KJ Hill was in there, Adderley. Yeah, I think he's, be- I think yeah. he's a better returner than safety. To be honest, I, I want to see. I'm looking forward to him growing. One last question: What players are you looking forward to to see next year? Not the obvious. Maybe some names that like a Nazir Adderley or Tranquil. What guys are you looking forward to? Have Ooh, okay, for sure Tranquil. I mean, maybe he's he's gonna come back, and I think he's gonna surprise the whole league, and maybe be one of those comeback players of the year. Michael Davis, I think next year is one of those making you know a big leap in his career, and you know people are gonna know his name as well. I think he'll benefit a lot from just. Joey Bosa and Derwin James. I really think that th- this line is going to be solidified. Kenneth Murray, too. I, they're linebacking. Um, I'm really excited to see. And then uh, last, uh, to be honest, maybe even Jalen Guyton. I mean, Jalen Guyton has been a consistent deep threat. But um, with an offense that just knows what they're going to do into this offseason, uh, going into this next season, for sure, and should be a lot more creative and be able to just 
have everything at their disposal um, at the offensive game plan. Jalen Guyton to make make the leap as well. So th- those are the guys that, just off the top of my head, I'm really excited to see. Yes, I agree with all those guys, especially Jalen Guyton. Um, I thought Mike Williams was free. Uh, for some reason, right he's now, not. Huh? So. For some reason. Some for, for some reason I thought Mike Will was a, a free agent because I was talking about I don't think the Chargers. Oh, he's here to twenty twenty two. So I was not... hearing that he was. Okay, okay, cool, cool. Um, so I think Jalen Guyland will be that slot guy. Um, he can play in the slot and he can always always play over the top too. He has that speed, so I'm really looking forward to Jalen Guyland stepping up big time. Um, I could see him on an every down play. If three receivers set, I could always I could see I could imagine him there unless the Chargers draft wide receiver. But the last two wide receivers they drafted. KJ Hill and Joe Reed were in the sixth and seventh round, and we haven't seen much of them. So Jalen Guy, I'm looking forward to Donald Donald Parham Parmesan cheese. I want to see him more involved. This dude's six eight. That's a big one. Yeah, move. He doesn't move like a dude that's six eight. I I think he'll be a great vulture red zone target. Uh, you just throw it up to him, and I think Justin Herbert's gonna realize this dude is big. He's two inches taller than me, and I'm a big kid. So I think they'll definitely uh. Hopefully they mold him to a great tight end. If we could have a two tight end sets, because look at all these teams, all these winning teams have great tight ends. I mean, the Cleveland Cleveland Browns have three great tight ends. Um, Ravens have great tight end. Like all these teams have great tight ends. So I think if we could not get one in free agency and draft one, we could get one here. Um, another guy, Nazir Adderley. I really want him to step up as a as a um, safety. Um, you've seen him break, um, couldn't tackle up, wrap up. So I want to see him, Michael Davis. I, I love Michael Davis. He's a speedster. He just he works on, uh, those, uh, hands, you know, he gets a lot of PI calls. <laughs> well, the Chargers get a bunch of PI calls, but overall, I just think that Jack boys need to have a great season. Um, when they, Jack boys were scary. I mean, at one point teams didn't want to pass on them. Now that Chris Harris is there, all these te- all, all these players are going to be injured. They're going to be healthy next year. So I'm really looking forward to that. Derwin James, can't wait to see him. I think Derwin James and Nazir Adderley will be a great combo. They haven't played on the same at the same time. I think they only played a couple games together because of injuries, offset injuries and stuff. So Rashawn Jenkins, Rashawn Jenkins too, um, great rotational player stepping up. And uh, hmm. I think I'm going to say Nuosa as my last one. Um, I'm assuming Melvin Ingram's out, so Nuosa is going to step in. And uh, I get him and Madden wherever team I'm playing. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward for those guys. And this team is this is a Super Bowl caliber team. I mean, we just gotta stay healthy. Let's let's hit hit the nail on the head with the, the coaching staff. Um, I haven't heard anything about the offensive or defensive coordinator. Um, there's an update though for the Chargers. I just these are all the players are mentioned, but updated Chargers interview requests according to Guilty as Charged podcast on Twitter. They're really cool guys. We did an interview with them. Tennessee Arthur Smith. Uh, the Rams, defense coordinator, Jason Garrett, Joe Bradley, Brian, Duvall, Bills, and then uh, Matt Epperfuss. Um, yeah, we'll talk about going back to real quick. One coach I- that needs to go, um, the strength and conditioning coach. I, ru- I love him, but he, you know, you fucked up when you messed up uh, Justin Herbert's hair. And now um, I, I think that, you know, you, I think it might be time <laughs> to part ways, especially after all these injuries these, these past few years. The Chargers have been one of the more, uh, most injured teams in the NFL, so – you know, it... besides the 49ers and man, I can't put someone else on up there. Uh, they've, they've been up there though, but yeah, maybe they have to do something. Just clean house. I mean, just clean house and get, get someone else involved in their old, uh, coaching, um, positions. But, uh, well, there you guys have, it. that was a really interesting podcast. We, um, we covered a lot of things next week. We'll definitely be covering, um, we'll get more in depth to draft picks. Um, possible um, head coachings will probably narrow it down a little bit more. We'll see. Um, you know, we'll still be doing Charger podcasts pretty much all the time. So don't don't you miss find out on me that. on Lucas Twitter Ray, at Sugarfree Lucas, where you can see my pinned tweet thread of podcasts. Um, we don't we're not doing any more uh, NFL gift cards anymore. I'm sorry. I don't think that we're gonna do that for the playoffs, but we're gonna have more giveaways, different types of giveaways, trivia games, and stuff like that, and um, just be on the lookout for that, but find me at Trigger for Lucas. I'm totally messed me up because we don't have no uh, giveaways. I messed up my outro. But David, where can we find you on uh, on Twitter or on social? Yeah. Yes, you you can find me on uh, all social medias at Sports Guy David, TikTok, Instagram, uh, Neo Pets Club Penguin, all that good stuff. Sports Guy David, click that in, you'll find me. I'm um, 
posting all our podcasts on there. Keep your eye out for more raffles on Twitter. I raffled off over 300 bucks for Christmas. I'm yeah. always going to do raffles for Santa you guys. Guy David. Fans. I love y'all putting in the work. Uh, Santa Guy David, yeah. And then go ahead if you guys want to give back as well, not just to me, but to Breast Cancer Awareness. I'm doing Sports Guy David Care Packages where I'm selling a Sports Guy David t-shirt. comes with a t-shirt, obviously. Great great t-shirt, nice and pink. Um, four stickers, two hollow, two regular pin, and a keychain. 30 bucks, including shipping. It'll get, with, get in your hands in three days and i'll give you a tracking number um and i'm not i'm more reliable than ups so uh go ahead and uh buy one of those you'll be sort of not just supporting me but supporting breast cancer because all profits are going to breast cancer even though breast cancer awareness month is over breast cancer awareness is still happening so go ahead and do that apply to my dms but there you guys have it from the fantasy sports game sports guy david lucas reyes i hope you guys all had a safe new year and uh, i hope everyone has a great new year let's put 2020 And let's move forward to 2021. Nothing but positive vibes. We are out.